Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined this Friday episode by Eric Smith. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow, that sounded like you were kind of disappointed it was you. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, damn it. I f- I'm, uh, I'm the guest? I'm a big, uh, I'm a big empath. Yeah. Uh, and so, like... I can already f- sense all the listeners like <laughs> opening up the episode uh, for today and like, ah, damn. Ah, uh, raspberries. I gotta, live with, again. I gotta live with this episode for three days. Yeah, you do. This got, yeah, this has to tide you over until Monday. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Guys, um, I'm sorry. I'd like to apologize to the video pod people who can see our little faces right now. Just as a reminder, if you sign up at the $50 a level, Ooh. $50? Yeah, $50 a month level yep. and higher at Light Trees and News, you get. Video pods every Friday, How and dope. today I was like, I'm not gonna put on makeup mm-hmm. or my contacts, yeah, mm-hmm. or do my hair or lint roll mm-hmm. the cat yep. hair off mm-hmm. of myself at all, and uh, just mail it to uh, my members. So, hello, great. yeah, Hi. that's good. Hey, honestly, in that case. I'm a great guest for today because I'm also looking rough. Hey, Eric showed up <laughs> matching me exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I didn't wash my hair. I haven't shaved. Great. Uh, we're just a I just good wor- looking I've pair. I've been up since 5 a.m. Uh, just worked. Uh, so perfect, perfect matching guest for today. Excellent. Awesome. So I wanted to talk about, oh, there's so much to talk about. Let's, Ooh. while we're in the pop culture section, mm-hmm. do you have any viewing, listening, or reading recommendations? Mm. I do. Okay. Um, Start with that. I've been reading a lot, so I got a lot of book recommendations. Um, I just read uh, uh, this book, uh, Your Money or Your Life. Okay. Uh, it's a great book about personal finance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a good, good, like helpful book about getting your uh, finances in order. Did it fix your finances? Well, I just read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so things it- are not fixed yet. So by uh, Monday, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just need like a day, and then everything will be good. Excellent. Um, I went to, uh, I, I picked up a book at a, a bar, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say. Like someone left a book? And no. You, okay. Uh, there's a bar in New York called Caveat. Uh, Wait, Caveat? Caveat. Caveat. Caveat? That's the, that's how you pronounce it. It's Caveat. The event, am I thinking of the right venue? Yes. Caveat? Yes. Okay. Eric just said it in a very weird way that I, I reject. I took Latin in high school. Caveat? Okay. Uh, just insufferable. I took Latin All right, so you were school. at Caveat, and you <laughs> uh, f- there was a book. They sell books. Oh, okay. Um, they sell books at the bar. Um, and uh, I picked up this book called uh, 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 Bored, Bored and Brilliant. Okay. Bored and, Bored and Brilliant. Uh, it's just a, it's a book by this uh, interesting um, writer. She hosts a podcast for NPR. Uh, but she wrote a book about uh, uh, the t- the tagline is it's, the book is about like reclaiming boredom. She okay. said we just uh, nobody's bored anymore. We always have to be engaged. What is she? Ta- I'm always bored. But are you? Are yes. you like? Are you, no? But are you? Yes. Are you sitting and letting your mind wander? Yes, Eric. Without I'm listening to podcasts. Bored. Fine, I listen to podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So her her point is that. Um, uh, it can affect like your like levels of creativity and stuff because a lot of a lot of um, new connections get made in your mind when you let your mind wander. That's true. Um, I think that's why a lot of people come up with ideas when they're in the shower. Exactly, because yeah. you you can't do anything else. So your right. mind starts to wander, and then uh, you start making connections you wouldn't have had 
I write a lot in the shower. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I bring my laptop in there, start <laughs> yeah. banging out sketches. I've ruined so many laptops. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why you have no money, Eric. Right. Mm-hmm. I that's that's it. what it is. I didn't need to read that book. <laughs> I cracked the case. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, so... Uh, but yeah, we do that. Like there, we live in like a very like hyper productive culture. And then like, even when we're not being productive, we feel like we have to be doing something. Yes. So it's like, you know, uh, even like I'm taking the train, so I need to listen to a podcast yep. or, um, just anything being at home. Like if you're just sitting at home, like something's gotta be on the TV or something's gotta, you know, uh, right. something's gotta be on, gotta be, your brain has to be engaged in some way. And uh, she's, uh, you know, the basic thesis of her book, she wants to get people to sort of uh, reclaim the idea of just being bored and letting your mind wander and like being okay with that. And it's not, that's not useless time. That's not like, I think a lot of people will be like, I'm doing nothing or I'm I'm being useless. But uh, her point is that it's not, is that like, that's very important. I remember there was, I forget who advocated for this, but Someone a while ago, how do you like that for being vague, mm. said that that was also a benefit of eating alone. Yes. Where you can just like be alone with your thoughts because mm-hmm. people have this weird phobia of eating alone in public. Yeah. Where obviously they're afraid of people judging them like, look at that friendless asshole. Right. But also like we're so used to having constant stimulation going on, whether you're like talking to someone yeah. or like you're checking your phone. Sure. Um, but if you just eat and think it can be very like meditative it, it can be i've tried it i've tried it recently i've started like uh my morning commutes to work i don't put in uh headphones and listen to music or podcasts uh-huh. i just try to like just be on Sounds the train awful. it's excruciating yeah it's it's honestly painful see i can't do that because i'm a what do you call it a woman oh right right, right. so if mm-hmm. i don't have headphones in and i don't look very busy men uh think that i want to have sex with them mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that happened the yeah. other day a guy sat down next to me and looked at my i have a like a new york city tattoo that's a little mouse reading a newspaper right. on the subway yeah and he pointed at it and he said is that a pokemon <laughs> i said Get away from me. <laughs> I didn't say that. But I said it with like my face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went, no. And I just like turned up the volume on my like, don't talk to me. Yeah. Uh, I like that you said that with the disgust of somebody who was just offended. He didn't know what Pokemon were. <laughs> You're like, no, you dumb idiot. It was idiot. so weird. The only other time I had someone ask me about that tattoo was this like just shit faced older woman <laughs> on the subway and she sat down I was with uh Melissa Jira Grant, I think, at mm-hmm. the time. She sat down next to me and she went, Is that frog? <laughs> she thought it was a frog. Yeah. And I was like, Oh uh no, it's a little, no, mouse, it's a little mouse reading a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like how? How yeah. you, like it's clearly a little mouse reading a newspaper on the subway. Yeah, anyway, it's definitely definitely a mouse. I didn't mean to interrupt your recommendation. Uh, no, it's just uh it's yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I think it's an interesting. Although, I have also heard that about uh, coffee or like any sort of stimulant that like makes you concentrate, that it lowers your levels of creativity because you focus on one thing as opposed to like letting your brain make like random connections. But here's the problem with that: it's not focus on one thing or focus on many things for me. It's focus on one thing or not focus on anything. Well, I and I can't remember who said it, but I heard some. That was the point somebody made was like. They were like, yes, that is technically true that like 
you know, by taking a like a, any sort of like you know attention, fo- you know, focusing uh, substance or any sort of like stimulant, you're gonna focus and you're not gonna have like sort of the random connections going on that you need for like sort of hyper creativity. But you take the you take a little bit of hit in creativity, but you actually do stuff, right? <laughs> and that's better than being super creative and not doing anything. Exactly. So I, there's a trade off on that, but I do think the the book that deals with uh, boredom is, uh, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's got a lot of good points in there. Very cool. Um, uh, are you listening to anything right now that you want to recommend? Um, that's a good question. I listen. Or to- watching anything. I I don't watch much because I just don't have time. Right. Um. Oh, can I? Oh, can I? Can I say? Can I say? Uh, it's not necessarily an anti-rec, but a hot take about a watching item. Ooh, yes. I got. I have a controversial opinion. I guess that should be a category. A hot take. A hot. It's, it's not it's necessarily not quite an anti-rec. It's not yeah. quite an anti-rec, but it is a hot take. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Donald Glover SNL was just okay. I disagree. Um, I thought there were a couple really brilliant sketches. Um, I thought there were two good sketches and a bunch of promising ones that didn't hit the mark. Okay. Interesting. How'd you like that uh, pouring water move in the Jurassic that was funny. Park one? That was insane. Yeah. <laughs> That was, I mean, that was the only good part of that sketch. Oh, I don't know. I thought he made a really funny choice for the character. He was very funny in it. Just the sketch was not good. I disagree. I thought it was good. It just doesn't, nothing happens in that sketch. It's like a premise that goes on for three minutes and nothing happens. He's just funny. No, there's beats. There are clear beats in it. But I don't think they do anything. I disagree. Uh, I thought he was uh, great as a musical guest, too. Uh, his musical performances were very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting. Somebody asked me, they were like, who's going to introduce him? Mm-hmm. And I very confidently was like, oh, the cast members, because right. that's what they always do. But they just had random, like, very famous people introduce him. They've done that in the past, but it's usually just if somebody's around. Well, it made sense with, um, oh, my God, I'm spacing on her name. Um, she's beautiful. Uh-huh. Uh, Lisa I- Bonet's daughter, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made sense Zoe Kravitz introduced him because she was like kind of in the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just had the dude from Get Out. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's there too. <laughs> Dope. Uh, uh, probably just hanging out. Yeah, I thought there were two very, like, very strong, very good sketches. Uh, and I just felt like a lot of the sketches was like, it was like they were like started off strong and like, you could feel like there was a lot of places it could go. And then it just ended without really like going to places. Oh man. I loved, and this was a really um, divisive sketch. Loved the throwback, like, R and B. Oh, music that's the video? that's one of the two good ones. Oh. That's the best. That's the best. That that's the best live sketch. On that was the best live sketch. You know, on the Cecily show. Strong pitched it. Really? She had the idea forever, and there was never an appropriate host yeah. to do it with, and then she found out Donald was going to host. And she's I like, didn't hear oh. that. I didn't yeah, hear that. That's yeah, great. Yeah. That's I think I thought that was the strongest live sketch, and then I thought a Kanye place was super good. That felt a little. Um, I I liked it, but I I had a sketch teacher at UCB who absolutely hates cultural mashup sketches. I mean, I, it is it is like kind of 
the premise itself is like like what's big right hacky? now a quiet place yeah and kanye put them together yeah i mean it's but i, I hacky, also but just like i like the gag of them freaking out and then like violently getting torn yeah. out of the yeah, scene yeah, yeah, i yeah. thought that was very funny well that's the thing is that it didn't feel it is like a weird like hacky like cultural mashup but it's also like it felt earned because the jokes were about like how people can't stop talking about Kanye. Sure, yeah, even and, if like, it, like their lives are at stake. Yeah, yeah, it didn't feel like they were just like literally like mad libsing like two things together. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Um, the other video sketch, uh, Friendos, I thought was really funny. Uh, oh yes, that was. <laughs> I thought very that was really funny. funny. Uh, <laughs> Keenan was so funny in that. Oh my! Every time he said Lambo, I was dying. I couldn't <laughs> stop. Er- it's like it, slightly off screen. Yeah, Lambo. <laughs> it never got old. I w- I could have watched that for a hundred years <laughs> of just him doing that every time somebody said it. It was yeah, so funny. Very funny. Um. Uh. So listing recommendations. But, uh. Oh yeah. Um, That's why you had your phone out. Yep. yep That's yep. what was happening. I got distracted. Oh wait! With I have my a, I have a viewing recommendation. Mm-hmm. I finally got to see uh, uh, Chef's Table desserts Ooh, on Netflix. F- oh, desserts. Okay, I've not seen desserts. Yeah, uh, I generally don't like a Chef's Table. Is it the Chef's Table? Or it's just Chef's, chef's table? table. Chef's Table. Yeah, because I mean the production value is like staggering. All of the episodes are gorgeous. We've talked about it. It's before. very interesting, but I find the regular Chef's Table to be very. Um, pretentious to the to the point of almost joylessness i feel like it almost undermines itself oh that's interesting because it's trying to show like how beautiful and artistic all this food is but it's so pretentious that it almost like comes off as sterile and i feel like the desserts chapter fixes that Mm -hmm. because it opens with christina uh tozy i think her name is the kindest, most joyful person in the world who literally just... Did you put the wet cap on the fucking cushion? Upside down. I'm so mad at you. Uh, the most like kind, joyful person who genuinely just loves making desserts because it makes people happy. Yeah. And I felt like she was such a dramatic tone shift from like the self-important male chefs who take themselves so seriously. That's interesting. Uh She's feel, just wonderful. I feel the same way though about the f- the very first episode of the show with the um, Massimo. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, he's very much like that was the thing that got me into the show is because that first episode is like the dude just loves Parmesan cheese so much. <laughs> he really does. Like, and I was just like, "What? That this was is a good so episode. strange." No, I did like him. That's yeah. what got me into the show, yeah, and then yeah. I was like, "This is so weird." Like, this dude just. This is his whole life. Is like these rinds of Parmesan cheese. Like this but is there, crazy. There is a crazy episode. So the reason I watched it is there was a comic at Dessert Cart at UCB that was talking about Chef's Table dessert and was talking about how wonderful uh, Christina Tozzi is and like how she like she's the reason he started watching it. Uh-huh. Then there's an episode with this tragic fucking dessert chef who is like the youngest brother of these brothers who started a restaurant empire and he was always the black sheep of the family and like everyone made fun of how big his nose was and he's just like this really like bitter emo dude and also he had laryngitis when they filmed him so he talks like this the whole episode and it makes everything sound like 
extra tragic. Oh, I need to watch that. And he that follows Christina Tosi as the like a ray of sunshine. I was That's just like, great. Ugh. Oh, I need to watch that. That sounds great. Yeah. There's also uh, an extra chapter. There's a there's another series that's Chef's Table, uh, uh, France. Okay. It's like just a season of all French chefs, which yeah. uh, I haven't seen, but it seems really interesting. I mean, it, it's always very interesting because they, it's like they do the chef's biography and then you get to see how their lives inform their food. Mm-hmm. And like there is a breathtaking moment in that episode I was just making fun of, of the Italian chef where he's talking about like his earliest memories of going to the beach yeah, and coming out of the water and like his parents giving him fresh fruit. Yeah. And then, like, he literally creates a meal based on that memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that's really moving, you mm-hmm. know, where he's, like, he takes the memories of salt and sweetness yeah. and marries them. And, like, knowing that story about his life enhances mm-hmm. everything, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Did you ever, did you ever, I think when I recommended it on the show, you had not seen it. But did you ever see the episode in Regular Chef's Table with the, um, the uh, woman uh, monk chef? I'm vegan? literally watching that right now. Oh, nice. It's the first episode of... Of season of three. Yeah, it's yeah. It's the first episode of season three. That's so interesting. It's so... I love when she goes, I'm not a chef, I'm a monk, and they cut to the like the intro. I was like, oh, chill. It's <laughs> it's great, and like just the way she thinks about food is so... Because yes. she's not a commercial chef, so she does things that... She like, just cooks for people, yeah. Yeah, well, and she does things that like a lot of commercial chefs can't do. Like She'll put in... like. She'll put it, she'll make cabbage by fermenting it for like years. Right. Um, cause she can just do that. <laughs> like she's not, she's a monk. <laughs> yeah, she's not in charge of like a huge commercial kitchen yeah. or anything, but like, God, some of the stuff like she'll like, they'll serve dishes on that show and it'll just be like her dish is like just tomatoes, mm. but it's like prepared in such an insane, like it's none of it's fancy. None of it's like complicated, not but it's just like fresh, like delicious food yeah. that she's like prepared. Oh, it's so good. That episode is so good. So while we're in the pop culture section, mm-hmm. yeah, we can go a little long. I wanted to talk about, did you see this fucking piece at L about what to do when your partner double taps someone else's. Oh, I actually did see it because you tweeted it. Oh, it's so crazy. And I was reading it and I was just sorry to use the C word. It's wild. I'll say that. Yes. Um, because so it, it's like little interviews with people who've caught their boyfriend like being thirsty on some models Instagram. So like just listen to this shit. And again, I, I tweeted it with the caption, just break up. Yeah. Just fucking break up. So this one is called the snide comment strategy. My boyfriend used to follow one pretty famous Instagram model and I made him unfollow her one day, but I think he followed her again. I don't think he follows many though. Thank God. Obviously I don't like it. Exclamation point. Yeah. I try not to be too controlling, but if I see it on his feed, I'll make a snide comment. Oh my God. Uh, By the way, they've been in a relationship for one year. This is a goddamn disaster. The censorship strategy. I don't let my boyfriend follow any meaning any models. I'll be real. I have his passcode and search through his Mm. phone when he's in the shower. Mm. I also mute stories of all pretty girls. Hashtag modern love. That's not modern love. That's not, that's not what that is. They've been in a relationship for five years. It's going swimmingly. It seems. Wait, are you ready for the 
wildest one. Yes. The make Instagram's algorithms work for you strategy. This is like Q branch shit. Mm -hmm. When I wanted to prevent my beloved husband from being tempted to look at the throngs of hot Insta models, I took matters into my own hands. I found that if you log onto his account and follow, say, 10 to 20 cat Instagram accounts, then Insta's algorithms will take notice. Now when it recommends people for him to follow or suggest accounts he might like, no longer is he served up a bevy of beautiful women. Instead, his feed is filled with felines. Voila, problem solved. Bonus, the algorithm never forgets, even after he unfollowed the accounts. Six months later and his feed is still brimming with kitties. Any non-threatening topic will do. Food, cats, engagement rings, Shelby, married for one year and six months. How can you oh. say something like this and feel at all confident in your relationship? Just break up. Like, Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that these women are necessarily wrong in having a sneaking suspicion that their boyfriends slash husbands are pieces of shit. I'm just saying, like, why would you want to lit? Like, you're basically his mom in that moment. And you know he's going to cheat eventually anyway. So if that's your primary concern, just break up. You obviously don't trust each other. Yeah. You know, I honestly, I mean, I'm going to uh, 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 take a different approach here. I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at people's pictures on Instagram in a relationship. No, I mean, well, that's a separate thing. It's like, yeah, I, I, if you're, I mean, if you're like texting people, you know what I mean? Like having some sort of like, uh, like relationship outside right. of your relationship. I think that's a different thing between you and your partner. No, this like, just reeks of profound insecurity because you know that your relationship is doomed. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, I just think like, yeah, just if, if that's what's bothering you, like, yeah, you're not comfortable in your relationship you shouldn't be in it right um and then also while we're in the pop culture section i wanted to talk about roseanne um there was a muslim neighbors moving in next door episode which wasn't even fresh like 10 years ago yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and people have been talking about it because uh, did you see like the original writers of roseanne or like what the fuck is this show now? yeah like they're confused by how right, right wing it's gotten um, but also this is such a hacky premise. Like how many shows have done the, uh Oh, the Muslims are moving in next door right. storyline. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure Roseanne herself thinks it's fresh. And <laughs> yeah, probably. I think she thinks it's a relevant yeah. fresh topic since they like pulled her out of her bunker to put right. her back on mm -hmm. TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, that was just my take on it where I was like, I'm not surprised because this revival of Roseanne is so weird and right wing to the point where like the original creators are confused by it. Yeah. But also it's just so fucking hacky. It is hacky. It's boring. She's not good. No. <laughs> eh, all right. So guys, do do do. What did I want to talk about? Oh, do I want to talk about that? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe I can't figure out where this story would go. If it would go in bad news, I think it should stay in pop culture so we can talk about it. Um, That's fine. Monica Lewinsky recently was invited by Town and Country Magazine. 
uh, to its annual philanthropic summit. But then all of a sudden they disinvited her. Why did they do that, you might be wondering. Because they decided to invite Bill Clinton. Wow. <laughs> Former President Bill Clinton. And instead of just being fucking adults about it, yeah. like, well, we can have both of them come, they disinvited Monica Lewinsky, which was a terrible idea. Well, like, yeah, besides, like, <laughs> there were so many different options for how this could have been handled. Yes. Don't there, invite fucking Bill Clinton. Don't invite him, first why, off. Why is anyone inviting Bill Clinton to anything anymore? I mean, I'm sure it does boost ticket sales. Yeah, but he's also a sexual predator. There are other former presidents. I Look, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying the yeah, reasoning. I know, I'm but just, I'm just like, why? Why is anybody inviting Bill Clinton anywhere? Well, Jimmy Carter was too busy with his peanuts. I know. That's all he wants to do. Just leave him alone with his peanuts. Um, uh, and what were your Ron- other ideas for how they could have? Just a, I mean, yeah. First off, not disinvite her. They could have just let them both attend. Uh, second off, they could have just asked. They could have just said, "Hey, uh, by the way, Bill Clinton's coming. You cool with that? Do you want to come? You cool we're, with that girl? We're Question happy mark? to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like. Yeah. Also, who the fuck is booking this conference? Who booked Monica Lewinsky and then was like, "Hmm, now I know what I have to do next week." Right. Like also. Why are people still fucking children about this? Yeah. It happened in the 90s. I mean, I'm sure Bill Clinton would care because he's fucking embarrassed by it. But it's like, all right, dude, then don't come. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Guys, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. <laughs> That's how I introduce it now. Nice. Here is your bad news. Ooh. So the big bad news story of the day is Trump announcing that the United States will withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. <laughs> yeah. This headline, the, the headline for the piece you're reading is like <laughs> super, super misleading. It says Trump to violate Iran nuclear deal. And I, all I can think of is the guy, you know, the meme of the guy like pointing to his head. Yeah. Like the like smart guy yeah. meme is just like Trump's like, well, I can't violate it if I get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I can't violate a new Iran nuclear deal if there isn't one anymore. So like immediately after announcing this, there was like th- there were pictures and footage of Iranians burning the American flag, <laughs> and it's like, cool, cool. Mm. Trump's really uh bringing the world together. And then also following this announcement, um, Israel launched airstrikes in Syria following Iranian attacks. Um, Israel said it attacked nearly all of Iran's military infrastructure in Syria on Thursday after Iranian forces fired rockets at uh, Israeli-held territory. None of those rockets actually hit anything. They were intercepted or, um, I think, blew up on their own. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, this is following the announcement as well. So, uh, might have single-handedly started a war. Oh, good. <laughs> and also, like, we knew this was coming because attacking the Iran nuclear deal, undermining it, destroying it has been, like, one of his main agenda points. Well, it's like, it. this feels like one of those things where it's like, it feels like he's doing this just because Obama did it. Right. <laughs> Not for any, like real reason not for any national security reason it's just like (laughs) like in the same way that like the p-tape is like 
It wasn't because he likes getting peed on. He just wanted to do it because Obama had been in that room. I think this one, though, extends a little bit past hating Obama. Because, I mean, clearly that's something that this administration is passionate about. Mm -hmm. Hating Obama, undermining his every policy achievement. But this one, I think, is like they want to destroy Iran (laughs) for like geopolitical domination of that area. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I think part of it has to do a lot with, like, Iran's uh, fight with Israel. Because I think, uh, for whatever reason, you know, Trump sees, like, if we have any sort of deal with Iran, then we can't take sides if they have a conflict. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, oh, well, if they're going to... If they're gonna like, if there's gonna be a flare up and they're gonna fight, well, we we have to not have any sort of cordial relationship with them, right? Um, so I also heard somebody hypothesize that Trump was gonna get rid of the Iran nuclear deal just so he could make his own. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's like, the- no, I don't want Obama's Iran. I'm gonna make my own deal because I'm a deal maker. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but. I know it feels more to me like it's just. That just sounds like way too much work for. Yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> like remember how long the Iran nuclear deal yeah. took? Like mm-hmm. that was that was a hard fought yeah. slog. Yeah. It, but yeah, it does feel like it was just more of like he, you know, I think people know there's going to be like a dust up between Iran and Israel, and so they just he wants a dust up. A dust up, yeah. Full blown war. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> they're fisticuffs. But a little skirt. Yeah, uh, but it, it feels like it, they, they want to cut any sort of cordial relationship. Uh, and they, I mean, the Iran nuclear deal is not like it's not like we're friends. It's no. like we're friends with Iran. It's no. a, it's just it's international politics. Is what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, it feels like we want to get rid of all goodwill, which is you know uh, gonna have dire consequences. Sure, sure. I, th- I feel like that's all we have to look forward to at this point. Dire consequences. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, so also in bad news slash like darkly hilarious news. So Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, mm. received hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> from a company connected to Russian oligarch, Victor Vexelberg. That, if I was going to make up a name... For, like, a Russian oligarch? (laughs) That's what I would have come up with. Yeah, it's a good one. (laughs) I want to, like, recycle it for a sketch. So, according to a dossier published by Michael uh, Avenatti, um, Vexelberg and his cousin, Mr. Andrew Intrater, routed eight payments to Cohen through a company named Columbus Nova LLC mm-hmm. beginning in January 2017 and continuing until at least August 2017. Mm-hmm. The funds, Avenatti suggested, may have been used to reimburse Cohen for the $130,000 payment made to Stormy Daniels. So not only did Trump's personal lawyer pay off Stormy Daniels, he, at least according to this dossier, Used Russian oligarch mm-hmm. money, which is to uh, do it. Which is interesting because Giuliani uh, had just recently <laughs> just told all of Trump's secrets on national television. Yeah, uh, but he said that he said that Trump had reimbursed Cohen for the payment. Yes. 
So if that's true, and this is also true, yes, he reimbursed Cohen through a Russian yes company outfit. Yes, I mean uh, everything's I fine. Everything guys. is totally fine. <laughs> uh, when I say it is just one fucking carnival act after another, it like never fucking ends. Again, if you were to pitch any of these stories to the writers of House of Cards, yes, they would be like. Go what? home. Think about it again. You're. It's too much. You're, dude, you're just. You're having a bad. You're having a bad couple of drafts. I need you to go home and get your mind together. Tone it down. Do something. Write characters <laughs> that are like human beings. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you? That's what can people want to see. <laughs> uh, also in Michael Cohen news, I bet you thought that was it. Uh, well, you're wrong. Honestly, could start a whole podcast about <laughs> Michael <laughs> Cohen. Michael Cohen. <laughs> oh, someone made that point on the show the other day oh i think it was sarah kenzier when i was uh-huh. interviewing her where she's like you could devote a podcast to like scott pruitt yeah yeah, yeah just yeah. like every trump official should have their own podcast mm-hmm. monitoring <laughs> what they're doing at all times and we would still probably be, be caught short yeah, yeah yeah so according to an official at one company michael cohen was promising corporations access to trump in exchange for payments to his shell company <laughs> This is from Huffington Post. Oh, my God. AT&T, in a memo to staff Wednesday, explained that it needed to understand how the Trump penny, how the Trump administration would approach issues like tax reform and antitrust regulations and portrayed payment paying into the shell company of president's personal lawyer as routine. Quote, companies often hire consultants for these purposes, especially at the beginning of a new presidential administration. And we have done so in previous administrations as well. But an official with one of those companies who, oh my God, <laughs> Penny's attacking Eric. Uh, but an official with one of those companies who requested anonymity to speak openly was more blunt. They said Cohen was promising access to Trump and members of the administration positioning himself as a lobbyist. I have a, I have a, uh, I, um, a mnemonic device for dealing with government affairs. Uh-huh. Like if you're, if you're ever confused about things. And uh, it goes like this. Uh, if you ever hear the word consultant, uh, that means fraud. <laughs> if, if you're ever in any sort of official government context, whenever you hear the word consultant, that means a fraud is happening. Well, it's also just fucking disingenuous. Like, there's a difference between someone coming on as a consultant and the president's personal lawyer <laughs> pretending he's a lobbyist. Yeah. Promising access to the press. Like, those are two clearly, like, different things. Um, yeah, so Michael Cohen, dude. Also, I've read a, uh, just, you know, uh, I've read a lot of stories recently about Michael Cohen getting paid large sums of money. I've still, to this day, could not tell you one thing he's done. No, like, It seems like he's a professional money getter. Uh, yeah. That's, that's all he does. It's just like... I'm convinced no one who's good or, or, like, is good at their job or ethical makes money. I think yeah. it's just... The Michael Cohens of the world who were like, I fucked up again. Can I have more money? And people are like, sure, buddy. At least, at least like Paul Manafort was like, you know, was in it. He was like doing stuff with like, you know, like international mobsters. Mm-hmm. But like Michael Cohen, as far as I can tell, just calls people and gets them to pay him money. It's a sweet gig. It I is a sweet gig. gig. Uh, and yet he still can't buy a decent blazer. <laughs> I know. Still wears these dumb fucking plaid Go blazers. Go to a tailor. Do you think they're so homophobic that they're like i don't want to do yeah probably yeah why is he by my groin i don't like uh, how i'm feeling that's i think that's trump's i think trump's scared of like 
suits that fit him. Like, well, is he's it gay? also is he... um, like a germaphobe, right? So he probably doesn't want anybody that close to him. Yeah. Yeah. Could, I mean, even without tailors, he could buy a suit that fits. But he's yeah. just like, is it, if I look good, is it, is it gay? <laughs> yeah. If I, uh, yes, the answer is yes. I if need you to look buy your gay. No, I need to buy my, can you please buy my suit two sizes too big? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, right away. <laughs> so finally, in our bad news segment, um, there is this terrible story that oh was making the rounds on Twitter about a black Yale graduate student who took a nap in her dorm's common room. Very typical thing to do when you're a college student. And a white woman called the cops on her. You know how I know the story is uh, racism? Um, uh, the headline? Well, that and also just from personal. I fall asleep in public literally yeah. every day. No one's called the cops then? No, I've never been. Weird. I fall asleep literally every day in public That's and nobody so said, a, said a word. So I apologize in advance when I mispronounce this. Uh, Lolati Sinyambola, uh, the, the woman who was asleep, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> captured the whole thing on video which you can see at think progress i'll link to it uh from our soundcloud page officers struggled to verify her yale identification card reportedly because their own security list misspelled the first year african studies graduate student's name well that was her fault clearly uh she repeatedly points out that the officers have seen her use her keys to unlock her dorm room and tells them she feels harassed by their ongoing security of her right to be in the building where she pays to live Uh, The woman who rousted her from a nap and then called the cops had previously called police on a friend of hers because he was in the stairwell and he was black. This is, it's the same, uh, it's the same um, problem as the police because it's all based on this thing of, I feel unsafe, so you have to, you're responsible for that. It's like I feel, you know, oh, oh I see, I see a stranger in the stairwell, and I a feel black unsa- stranger. a black stranger. <laughs> yeah, but like I feel, so I feel unsafe, and so this is your problem now that I feel unsafe. Right. Well, it's it's white supremacy using nine one one and the police as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I mean, and I've mentioned this before on the show. There needs to be consequences for people who are repeat offenders of using 911 as a tool, as a weapon against black people. Yeah. And I don't know what that punishment should be, maybe like a fine or something, but this woman has now twice targeted black people because they make her uncomfortable and called the cops on them, which is potentially life-threatening. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if, if anything goes wrong... These innocent people could have been killed by the police. Yeah. And what, nothing's going to happen in this woman who, like, unleashed the police on them? Yeah. Like, obviously, she's a fucking racist. She's mm-hmm. using 911 and the cops as a weapon. Mm-hmm. There needs to be consequences. She's yeah. done it twice now. If, yeah. What do you need to have happen? She does it a third time and somebody gets killed? Yeah, I don't know. Gross. I mean, there should be... I mean, there's obviously ways of tracking that because we know she's done it twice. twice so, yeah. I mean, like, you know, yeah. it's. I mean, I think it should just be the same as, like... You know, you can be fine and even, I think, in severe cases, imprisoned for false 911 calls. Right. This is not necessarily, I think, I think the problem is this, 
this doesn't get labeled as quote unquote a false nine one one call. Yeah, and people you would know. claim like she's not deliberately pranking nine one one. But she, that's the same bullshit. Yeah. It's the same bullshit cop. Ex- like I said, it's the same bullshit cop excuse of like, oh, well, he was justified in using force because he felt unsafe. It's like I'm sure right. she did feel uncomfortable, but that's her problem. Yes, exactly. It's because she's racist. And like, why is there no concern from Yale about these are students? These are students who are paying tuition. It's like. Where is the duty of Yale to serve those students yeah. too, you know, and to I, protect them from this lunatic white woman who keeps like sending the cops after I, them? Yeah, I, so I think that is one uh, regulation that can be put in place is like if you call, if you call nine one one or call the police directly, or what, if you call a law, you know, a law enforcement official to to you know a, a place. And it turns out that this person that you're trying to report lives there or has permission to be there or whatever. Then I think you should get a ticket the same as somebody who falsely pranks 911. Yeah. And I know some people are afraid that will stop people from calling 911 when they should call 911. But I think at this point, problems like this are outweighing that ever happening do you know what i mean yeah like i I still think that if people genuinely believe their lives are in danger they will call 911 but if you see a sleeping black person in the dorm and you know that you might get ticketed if they're just a student maybe you won't rush to call the police well that's what i mean is that i don't there's i i i guess there could be ambiguous situations but that Situations like that are not ambiguous. I don't know how you can claim that you felt uncomfortable or you danger. felt unsafe yeah. because somebody else was, you know what I mean? And like, oh, I saw a black stranger in the stairwell, so I felt unsafe. Did he Did he accost you? You know right. what I mean? It's like, no, he was there and you felt uncomfortable because you saw somebody you didn't know. Also, so, there are other options than calling 911. Like, I, one time in one of my old apartments, there was a homeless person um, passed out on the steps outside of my building. So mm-hmm. like I physically couldn't get out of the building yeah. without like stepping over them. Uh-huh. And also I thought they were maybe dead yeah, because they weren't moving. And yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. many, many hours and they were not moving. Right. So I called 411 mm-hmm. and they were like, and I explained why I did not want to call the police. I'm like, yeah. they're not a threat. I don't want cops to roll up. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we can send EMTs. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do that. And so they showed up and they like checked on him and like asked him if he was feeling okay. And like, I, I think he was just like on drugs and, you know, yeah, out of sure, it. Yeah, sure, sure. They asked him if he needed any assistance. And like, so there are other things you can do other than mm-hmm. calling 911. Uh, if you, uh, something else people need to know um, when you call 911 for non. For like medical emergencies or like a fire or something like that, they send police officers right. too. Right. So that's something you have to be careful about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you might think you're just calling for something else, but then they send police anyway. Right, right. And then once the police are, they they do whatever they want. So right, that's right. another thing to be careful about. Guys, before you go out to the rest of your day, here is your good news. Good news. <laughs> Once again, my good news is about bad men being punished, um, or bad people, I guess, in general. So, 
NBC's head of human resources is now set to resign uh, following the Matt Lauer fallout. Okay. Uh, Pat Langer, the executive vice president of human resources at NBC Universal, is set to retire at the end of June. The news of Langer's resignation coincide with a, coincides with a recently completed investigation into HR practices at NBC News. In particular, whether managers had known of Matt Lauer's misconduct before his firing in November. So basically, it seems like a lot of this stuff was getting reported and HR just wasn't doing anything about it? Yes. Okay. Um, in a statement provided after the publication of this article, uh, an NBC Universal spokesman said... Um, so they're trying to play this off where they're like, Pat Langer's long planned retirement wow. <laughs> was announced weeks ago and has absolutely no association with the NBC <laughs> News workplace investigation. Any insinuation to the contrary is completely inaccurate. <laughs> but um, Aunt Curry also was like, everybody knew. Like, yeah. she is just like naming names. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Because, like, she got so much shit from Matt Lauer. He was an abusive piece of shit. Was to her. Matt Lauer the one that had the fucking weird button on his desk that would lock the door? No, that was, was um, that? Roger Stone. Not Roger Stone. Uh, fuck. Uh, Roger Ailes. Oh, I thought I thought Matt Lauer had some weird shit in his office or something, too. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Oh, wait. Was Matt Lauer the button? Hold on. Maybe I'm... God, it's so hard to... Oh, Matt Lauer button under the table. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were right. Which also is like... Wait, didn't Ailes also, too, have, like... Something to lock the doors? I'm sure he did. Yeah. Uh, wow. What a creepy theme with these guys. Yeah. But also, like... <laughs> like. Lauer reportedly had a button at his desk that allowed him to close and lock his it office door. It closed the door, too? Presumably installed to trap women inside. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. But also, like, it's... It, uh, I don't even remember why. Uh, oh, I was going to say, like, okay, this is definitely not true, but, like, presuming that, like, okay, all of the managers are oblivious. Nobody knew he had a button under his desk that locks it. None of the supers knew the, like. That always, I thought about that. Like, remember uh, the murder hotel, H.H. Holmes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, all these contractors were coming <laughs> in, and they were like, you want us to build a, like secret chamber <laughs> no one was like dude what are you doing <laughs> like what is what a button that locks the door like the fact that that contractor wasn't immediately like, like i'm calling the police yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no ethical reason that you need this yeah uh, yeah come on in guys uh, i just need uh yeah just uh this button i need you to wire it to the door so that it closes and locks immediately and uh, nobody can override okay, it okay i'm sorry uh what yeah, just uh, just like it's just a simple electrical job. Just needs to go from the desk onto the ground uh, to the door, close and lock the door. Okay. Um, I just feel like I have to ask, why do you need this? Yeah, it's just like a, it's a security thing. Just like uh, it's just a it's just button right under my desk, uh, within arm's reach at oh, any moment. Sure, and sure, sure. Uh, well, if it's a security thing, we should probably install it um, like in all of the offices, so we can do like lockdown no, no, drills. No, 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 just uh, just this one. Uh, just just my office. I feel like you're gonna try to rape women. I really can't no. shake that feeling. Just uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just the door lock button. Where are your pants? Just uh, just wire the button. Okay. <laughs> no cameras. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how that yeah, went down. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, that was just news. Um. <laughs> I, I do like I do also think it would be funny. I don't think this happened. It would be funny if you were a high level like executive at a firm and like planned a retirement and it fell on the same day as like a huge scandal. <laughs> and you'd be like, No, no, no. No, what are I are we d- gonna do with all of the edible arrangements? <laughs> they say best wishes, Pat. <laughs> all of them. That would be so funny. Take down the banner. Just take just, down the fucking banner. Just get rid of the balloons. Just, get rid because Matt Lauer raped a bunch of people. That's why. Get rid of it. There's just press everywhere, and your office is filled with edible arrangements and like balloons. Like, like <laughs> no, I. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in good news, and this is huge, Spotify announced they will no longer promote R. Kelly's music in their platform, in their playlists, or anywhere on its platform. What does that mean? Is he banned from Spotify? Because if he's not, then that doesn't make any fucking sense. Just ban him from Spotify. Yeah, they said they won't promote it. Just remove his music from Spotify. Yeah, listeners can still find R. Kelly's music on their own accord, but Spotify... such a fucking cop-out, Spotify. Just take his fucking music off your platform. Well, maybe that's like... And I'm not giving Spotify any credit, but I'm saying maybe this is a first step to I mean, them eventually doing that? Yeah, like, just take your fucking music. So Spotify will no longer recommend his music on their Discover page or any other algor- algor- mm? algorithmic algorithmic al- algorithmic playlists. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's good, but it's not enough. We don't uh, want to promote his music, but we, but we don't mind money. making money <laughs> off of it. Yeah. If you, no, 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 no. no. Let, let, let me be perfectly clear. We are not bad people, but if you want to be a bad person and listen to the music, we totally would like to fine. make the money off of totally it. Totally fine. Again, we are good. You are bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, we're good. We're not promoting it. But if you want to be bad, uh-huh. please pay us the money for yes, it. Yes, very much so. We love money. Mm-hmm. We're Spotify. Mm-hmm. Give us money. Mm-hmm. Please. Uh, I was so pissed. This is completely off topic but i had i like downloaded spotify very early and i think in a weird mm. way i was grandfathered in for a while yeah and then like last week they were like you have to become a premium like, no, no. I was, like, in public screaming yeah uh yeah D- guys r kelly's a, a bad rapist don't support him do you ever hear the story about the band that tricked spotify into paying them a bunch of money no they recorded uh <laughs> they uh they recorded an album of all silence okay and they got a but they were not like a huge band they were like a like a very like mid-tier band but they had like you know a couple thousand fans um and they got all of their fans Wait. Did, but they were actually musicians that had musical albums. Yeah, they they, they were like okay. a real band. They were but like they a, just did this one album that was silent. They did okay. th- so after because they you know when Spotify started you know but everybody obviously like puts their music on Spotify or whatever, and they realized like how little money they were making off their own music, so they recorded an album of all silence and they started a campaign um, with all their fans to get their fans to. Uh, uh, play the silent album like at night while they sleep. Oh my god! So it just plays it on loop like hundreds and hundreds of times. That's brilliant. So they would get their fans to like just leave it on loop like all day. Wow! And just like constantly looping and just like racking up like like thousands and thousands and thousands of plays. So they just got paid a shit ton of money because Spotify had to pay them out royalties wow. for this for this silent album. Genius. Yeah, it was so funny. Did they just do it once and then kick them off or they're still doing it? I, I, I don't know. I don't know whatever happened with the silent. I think the band is still on Spotify. They may have gotten rid of the silent album. What's the album. band? 
Uh, oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. Sorry to put you on the spot. It was just some random... It was like, that's so smart. It was just some random band. It was just like uh, just some band that was like, hey, we're not getting paid any fucking money for like... Wow. Like, you, you know, uh, what my old bands have gotten like royalty checks from Spotify for oh, like since. Like, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. Um, it's like when you win HQ with 3,000 other people. Oh, my God. It's so sad. <laughs> Here's your 50 cents. I got... But the thing is like, I... They do have big games now, so, like, you can win. But, like, I've gotten close a few times now and, like, gotten real bummed because I just want to win. It's yeah. not about the money. I just want – I got to question 11 the other day. And I was like, oh, fuck. Katie won the other day. She got I 50 cents. So Yeah. Honestly, I don't – like I said, don't care about the money. That's Bragging just cool. Rights. Just cool. You got 12 <laughs> questions in a row right. That's great. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, is there anything else you wanted to recommend or anything you've seen recently or overheard or eaten – Eaten is a thing now. Eaten that wow. made you happy, or you want to recommend? I'll mm. go first. Green olives. Oh, the get into it. I hated green olives as a kid. You're a weirdo. And the I, kid, you was I, a weirdo. Yeah. I woke up and apparently drunk Allison had bought green olives, and they were just waiting for me in my fridge. And I was like, I love me. <laughs> I'm so happy right yeah, now. Yeah, green olives are the shit. I also like. I don't like plain black olives as much anymore. They're just kind of bland. They're a little but bland, but I like them. I like Kalamata olives. Yes. Those are my those yep, yep, are my yep. jam. Um, I eaten it. You know, I've been eating a lot of recently. It's not really like a meal, but just like I've been adding hemp seeds to a lot of stuff. Hell yeah. Good. It's, it's good, good stuff. Shit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I've been eating a lot of oatmeal. Yeah, I'm on an oatmeal kick. Oatmeal's great, and it's, like, cheap. Super cheap. Cereal is so expensive, and it's such a ripoff. Yeah. Half the bag. Is that your fucking foot? It's like you're trying to get me to kick you out of the apartment. (laughs) Uh, Eric was just kicking my chair. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not sitting on it. Uh, Cereal's so expensive. Half the fucking bag is air. Mm Mm-hmm. And you'll go through it so fast. Yeah. Oatmeal will last you all week. It lasts so long. Yeah. Um... Yeah, always reckon oatmeal. Um, Yeah, I don't have. I don't. I haven't eaten a lot of exciting food lately. It doesn't Uh, just have to be eaten. Yeah, anything you've seen. But it was like a new thing. Uh, uh, (sighs) No, here's the thing uh, that I noticed today because I was walking dogs today, and uh, people just don't. I think people fundamentally don't get dogs. Okay. Explain. It's just like, like I was walking a bunch of dogs and like people would just like, you know how you're like, you're walking down the sidewalk, somebody else is walking towards you in the same path and you do like the little, like the, yeah. the dance. If you have dogs, you win. Right. They need to move out of your They way. need to move because yeah. dogs are unpredictable. Right. And even well-trained dogs, they don't always like get what's going on right. or whatever. They're being dogs. They're being dogs. Yeah. But, like, people just don't... People still, like... I've had people, like, walk up, like, almost hit me and, like, look at me like I'm walking here. And I'm like, I have dogs. What would you like me to do? Get the fuck out of the way. Oh, I have a story. Ooh. Uh, Great. So... I'm just going to very loosely paraphrase this story so all of the details will be wrong. Perfect. Nothing will be accurate. Excellent. My favorite type of story. So there was this story about... A zoo mm-hmm. that took one of its bears uh-huh. out of the zoo and took it on a fucking field trip to what? go get ice cream. And 
And so they took her to go get ice cream because her birthday was coming up. What? And they wanted her to sample different flavors of ice cream so they knew what to get her on her birthday. So they took a bear through the drive-thru. Oh, my God. And, like, the person at the drive-thru, like, held out the ice cream for the bear to taste. Mm. And apparently she was a big fan of, like, peanut-flavored ice cream. Ooh. She liked that a lot. But now the zoo might be in trouble because they <laughs> apparently, and I don't know if you guys know this, you shouldn't take bears out of the zoo oh. and bring them through the drive through to sample Is that ice not okay? Cream. But Is I was furious. I retweeted it and I was like, let her have ice cream, you let monsters. Her have ice cream. It's fucking adorable. Can you imagine <laughs> like a car pulls up and a bear is <laughs> like in the back seat? And you're or was the bear driving? No, Allison. <laughs> the, uh, the bear was not driving. Imagine you're working at a drive-thru and, and, and a car pulls up and there's a bear just sitting in a, like, just sitting like a regular, like. <laughs> like in the driver's seat? Yeah. With, the, like, like, the seatbelt on? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, checking its phone? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that reminds me, I was reading, I've been reading a lot. I just, for some reason, I, I, I don't know what triggered it, but I got really interested in Steve Irwin the other day. I just started reading about Steve Irwin a lot because I, I he's a really interesting person to me because I think for the longest time he was just a, a, the butt of a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after he died, people were like, "Oh, this dude was awesome." Was he? Well, just uh, he did a lot of people just think of him as like the crocodile guy, like the guy who bothered animals. Yes. Yeah. But. He, I don't think people. I think I don't know if he didn't talk about it because I didn't really pay attention to him when he's alive, unfortunately. But because again, he was the crocodile guy, and but apparently he did a lot of conservation work, right? And did a lot of like animal, uh, animal welfare work and stuff yes. like that. Um, I had heard that, yeah. Which is just interesting. So I, knew, I heard about that after he died, and then recently something came up. I don't remember what it was. I think the Sea Shepherds have named one of their boats after Steve Irwin. Okay. And but somehow his name came up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember." And then I just decided to like start reading about it. He was a really fascinating guy. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Which also that does remind me of a thing I was thinking about today. Uh, just a, a little thought that I had. Uh, because the uh the Mister Rogers movie is coming out soon. Yes. And I find it very interesting that movie. Th- that movie and. The public reaction to Mr. Rogers is very interesting to me because he was like a saint yes, <laughs> of a person. Yeah. But and and after uh and so with this movie coming out, you know, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter being like, Oh, Mr. Rogers is so great. This is how everyone should act, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? This is how the kind of person we should all be. And then but I feel like the thing is, is that when people do try to act like Mr. Rogers, they like get made fun of. Yeah. Or get like Well, I mean, don't forget people made fun of Mr. Rogers, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They did. He just, just didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, just, yeah, it's just I think of like I think it's so funny when people are like, oh, this is he was such an Why amazing. Why don't we have more people? Why don't like we have like that? It's like Where oh well, are all they the good people. Well, th- Stop fucking making fun of them. Yeah, and like they'll calling come out them of hiding. Yeah, they like like people like when people are trying to like be nice, like people call them naive. They look at like, this fucking asshole. Look at this nice dumb idiot. Look at this dumb idiot. He's being nice without yeah. without getting something in return. Yeah. Like oh, you're just gonna talk to a stranger like that? Wow. You right, know what I mean? It's right. like we make fun of people like that, and 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 I think like it's it's just a weird dichotomy of like we want those people in the world, but then we want to like shit on them sure. for doing that. Yeah, no, that's um, a good point, guys. Uh, this episode was brought to you, uh, brought to you by you. Wow. Uh, I can't afford to do this show without member support. So if you're in a position to do so, please go to Light Treason. 
news slash donate. Sign up for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation to keep us going yeah, so we can keep bringing you episodes, keep bringing you interviews, keep bringing you fascinating conversations. And for my $50 a month members and higher, Little Penny on Ooh. Eric's lap. And she's wearing her tracksuit. Her claws are deep in my yeah, thighs. Yeah, just she is like latch on. She's to in Eric. there. She's just in there, right? She's in my thighs. She's part of you now. Yeah. yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Please go become a member. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, SoundCloud, everywhere. Wow. If you have any thoughts about anything we were talking about today, hashtag Light Trees and Pod on Ooh, Twitter. Do it. Join the conversation. I hate saying that. (laughs) Can't figure out another way to say it. (laughs) I'll think about that. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. And get out there and cause a little trouble. 